Here we are in 2021. It is so happening. Just, just flowing, flowing, flowing with flowing with the, the. It is so happening. Happening, 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 happening. Taking care of things, being responsible, trying to be a responsible adult. I think that's what I feel the most. This is my download. I'll give you the. Uh, Shelby Woo Woo download for 2021, especially in light of we're about to step into the new year. Shelby Woo Woo download for 2020 Chinese New Year. It's the golden ox year, John. Golden ox. The metal ox. And you know what the ox represents? Hard work, diligence, loyalty, honesty. The metal ox. Metal ox. Hard work, diligence, loyalty, honesty. Loyalty, loyalty, honesty. Hard work, diligence, 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 diligence. Those are the golden truths of this year. If you can be those things and continue to do those things last year, if you were diligent, if you were honest, if you worked hard and you didn't bitch and you just you just bucked up, buttercup, you're about to have a really good year. I feel that for everybody. We're already in it. We're already feeling it. It's just flowing for us in our internal abilities. It's just flowing it's just for us in our internal abilities. And it's going to get better and better. It's the more we continue that better and better, better and better put your head down and or you know not entirely but just stay busy and um the ox is rewarding that this year and if we continually do it the more rewards we'll get a lot of them actually so keep on that track take care of your health take care of your directives stay busy keep working Diligence is the key to this year. Keep working, keep working. And if it's not working, whatever it is, you know, truly follow the um, Abraham Hicks thing. Abraham says, the path of least resistance is the path of most success. I feel that there's such truth to that now more than ever. Just don't struggle. If it isn't happening, just be the rat in the maze. You know, if it's not working out, he just smiles and he turns around and he goes a different way. He's always so amazing at that teaching of, okay, that's not the path, that's not working. I tried and it's just not working right now, so I'll try it later in that way or I'll try this way right now. And just keep moving. Just keep, just keep swimming. Just keep moving. So yeah, uh, bless that. <laughs> that download into uh about getting into the vortex getting into the vortex with such positive beneficial healing frequencies from the planet as we step into the age of aquarius and the golden ox year things are moving and grooving really good things on the horizon man really really good good things on the whole and you know, the fact that that douchebag is gone, it doesn't even matter that Biden's a creepo and he's not that vibey and I think he's gonna call Warren, but it doesn't matter. What does matter is that everything is on the up and up. That's what my heart tells me to pay attention to, regardless of the reality of a certain aspects being like, whoa, everybody's so stoked on this guy and all I hear is like, woo, watch out, danger. I'm just gonna ride the wave of trust in this knowledge that I do feel that we're all really waking up more and more as a people. We are all paying attention more and more as a people. 
and even though we're having this great pause it's giving such time for personal reflection to find better ways of doing things for ourselves which is truly the best thing we can do for humanity because it wasn't working it's not working still but we're figuring out how to make it work so cheers to that cheers to making it work in the best way for everybody and uh I hope that you are enjoying how you're making it work and that it's all working out in the best way for you right now and in all your future nows. That bird is feeling it too. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. I woke up early today and I went into the kitchen and the kitchen windows face east. And I just saw this like sliver of red in the dark sky. And I was, I thought, oh, this is gonna be a good sunrise. And I never really get the sunrise. Every sunset, is right out the window to the west but every sunrise is just blocked by the orientation of the apartment oh god yeah so i walked up to the golf course golf, golf course. course and i there's this like bench here in the golf course and i'm just looking at golf course golf this course epic golf course the golf course is up on a hill, so you can just see everything. I'm looking at this epic view, vista point, <laughs> epic vista point. Oh man, vista, vista point. point. I told myself that I was going to record the audio, the monologue for this audio in the studio, in my nice studio with a nice microphone and a nice setup. This is what that would have sounded like instead of the mobile on the go iPhone recording, but I guess not. Isn't that nice and buttery? Too bad, really too bad. I'm not sure when this audio will come out in relation to an interview I just did with Ned Buskirk, who is the CEO? What is he? The head? The founder. Founder. He's the founder. 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 Of you're going to die. You're going to die. Which is a nonprofit here in San Francisco and does all kinds of amazing work, like Alive Inside, where they go into the prisons and work with people on grief and counseling in there. It's tricky because, so yeah, it's called You're Going to Die. You're Going, you're to, going die. to Die. To and die. it's this die. really life-affirming experience. Die. It initially started as an open mic. It's basically an open mic, which is just... <laughs> oh, man. It's basically an open mic. I was texting with someone the other day who left San Francisco to go to L.A., and he's like, San Francisco lost its soul. I had to get out of there. And he loves L.A., you know. And L.A. L.A. LA. Yeah, I loved L.A. for a long time. I still love L.A., but there came a point when I I was, I didn't think that it lost its soul. But I was just like, I got to get out of here. I, I got to get out of here. I was just feeling all negative toward it. And 
I just knew nothing positive was going to come from that. So it was funny to text them because I was just thinking, yeah, it's just, it's, not, it, there's nothing, I mean, uh, is there something objective? There's objectivity to places, but you can choose how to be and exist within them. You are what you think. So if I'd been like a bike guy in Venice, bike guy in Venice, just like biking around the beach and it was 70 degrees all the time, that probably would have been epic. But that's not where I was. That's not, not the chapter. That's not the version of me. I mean, that person is dead that was that person. You're, You're going, going to die. Driving, driving, driving so many miles. Driving, driving. It just made me think of that because, like, <laughs> what an open mic was in my experience in Los Angeles. And that actually all the open mics here are pretty rad when they used to happen. San Francisco. For uh, a century pandemic. But also that the, there was an open mic that was just called You're Going to Die. And the nature of the open mic was people played songs, but they also gave like five minute free form monologues about their mom died. And then the host, the co-founder, the founder, the founder, the founder my friend Ned just does these, <laughs> you know, he cries constantly in the show, but it's like this I, beautiful, it's, it's hard to explain, but anyway, there's a podcast. So now you too can experience you're going to die because you are going to die and you're going to die so i did this interview for their podcast and it was a really intense experience ned has the power of really opening people up and just getting at a vulnerable core really fast we finished recording at like 4:30, and i was exhausted We talked about a lot of things. You can listen to that podcast and hear them. But I want to share one thing here because it's really stuck with me and it's something that Ned said. Because there was a time, many times actually, many, many, many mornings, and not just in Los Angeles, by the way. There are moments like this in Chicago, in New York, in Minnesota, in San Francisco, and in, oh my God, like Joshua Tree crashing on my friend's couch, living in Glen, the Honda Civic, or in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or, oh God, like, oh man, Lubbock, Texas. Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Lubbock. No offense to any of these places, but these are just moments when I saw the sunrise, I saw the sun bright in the sky, and I did not want to be here on the planet. I wanted to be dead. I did not want to be on the planet. I really wished that I were dead. I wanted to be dead. I really did. I just, I did. That's what I wanted. I can't say it any clearer than that. I wanted, I wanted to, be dead. to be dead. I've never had a specific plan for accomplishing removing myself from the situation, and I've never had an actual attempt to do it but I have ruminated on it for probably a cumulative several years, if you add it all together. And I know that there are millions of people 
in the world, none of whom are probably listening to this audio, but maybe one of them is, maybe one of them is, or maybe you know someone who is struggling in that same way, who is wanting to be dead, wants to be dead. And all I can tell you from my little perch as a man on the planet Earth is that I wanted to be dead. I did not die. And then this morning, I saw the sun bright in the sky, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's beautiful out there. And I put on my, like, bike tights to keep warm and my pajama pants over them, and I put on these awesome cowboy boots that I got from my friends in Texas when their uncle died and they had to clean out his I mean these boots were worn by a man who is no longer alive who is no longer able to see this sun rise which by the way now there's that loud horrible truck going by and the beautiful sunrise is over (laughs) how long was that I can't I can't okay so however however long that was that was it <laughs> it was fun while it lasted very, very pretty very pretty should have gotten up earlier would have been more pretty if I'd gotten up earlier could have seen more of it <laughs> uh, but Ned made this point that think about all that's lost when someone dies all the interactions and sandwiches and sunrises and showers warm showers and bike rides and I mean bad things too you know it's all part of it suffering is great everybody's suffering that's all that's happening constantly is suffering and joy and everything in between so anyway joy anyway any way you look at it but we have to talk about these things that's the thing we have to talk about these things one of the best gifts i got in the darkest moment was when my best friend ted who's been on here and his now husband matt came over to where i was staying and they knew that i was feeling bad and I was refusing to answer the phone, and they came over to where I was staying, they rang the doorbell, and when I opened the door, they said, are you going to kill yourself? They confronted me with what was going on in my head, and it was like a mirror, it was like I was being seen by the outside world, and I wasn't just this suffering, caged animal, and I said, no, I'm not going to, and that's... To the one person out there, or to the person who knows a person, you can't kill yourself. You can't do it. You can't do it. Because you have no idea. You have no idea what might happen. It might get worse and worse and worse, and then you die in a plane crash. But it might get just amazing, and then bad again, and then even more amazing. You can't do it. Do whatever it takes to persevere and survive. I can't.
can't tell you how I cannot tell you I mean I, I'm trying to tell you but I can't really express how clear I felt that this morning because I woke up and would look out the window of that room in Los Angeles and see that it was getting bright out and wish I I, I just wish I just every wish every cell in my body that I was not there that I could just disappear and be gone because I was in so much pain and so much distress and hurt. And this morning I woke up kind of annoyed because it's cold and I'm, I had to pee. And I went and peed. And then I went into the kitchen to see what time it was, basically. And then I looked out the window. And I mean, I, there was not even really, I didn't thought, there wasn't even a thought in my head that I wanted to be dead. I mean, that wasn't, that was what I thought every morning, all day, every day. And this morning I wasn't even thinking it. And I also thought, oh my gosh, look at how pretty. Oh, I'm gonna go outside. <laughs> so you gotta stick around. That's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. The birds are feeling it. It's still pretty. I mean, it's still very pretty, but it was like, when I started recording this thing, the whole sky was red. It was amazing. And it's gonna be a real bummer to one day miss out on that party. That like, this like daily party that happens on a dying planet with a apex species that is going insane. <laughs> what happens when an apex species goes insane? Stick around to find out. You gotta stick around to find out. I mean, come on. You have to stick around to find out. Bring in the class, then I'm joining you with it. Where are you? I mean, it's all audio anyway, so if you can't do it. it doesn't I, really I matter. took a shower and everything. I want you to be able to see. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear your voice, Bill. Yeah. Um, God, it's good to hear your voice. Oh my go God. Ahead, go ahead and finish your grape nuts, and uh, I'll try to get my video on here. <laughs> I'm not eating grape nuts. I'm eating. Uh, you can see me, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 could, I, could, I could, but now I think I'd erase it. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, but I don't, I can't see, it says that your video is not on. Okay, hold on. Integrated webcam? No. Uh, I'm going to ask you to I start got, okay. video. Oh, here we go. Oh, it was on your, you had to do it. Really? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> so yeah, that was the intro. And it was, uh, Welcome to Audiodes. And then I'll just put it back up here. So, Bill, I was going to have you on last month. I was going to put out my part two of the information age last month, but then because of the attempted overthrow of the United States government, I decided I should focus on that. And so I I, I delayed the release of the album, and I delayed the Audiode with Bill Davis. You're a fine American. What do you think, man? What do you think? Where are we at right now? It's kind of... We're in a really... Uh, weird place right now since uh, Newt Gingrich and decided hey let's just turn the other side into horrible people 
instead of just, you know, lefty leading. You know who makes money? You know who makes the money? And I, I've heard that follow the money. The news channels. Yeah, right. Both sides, all of them, they love Trump because he's good copy because he's such a fucking nut. I couldn't believe that Twitter kicked Trump off. I'll tell you this. It's the, he's lucky they did. Because he was still on Twitter, the second failed uh, impeachment would not be going as pretty easily as it's gonna. He would have shot himself in the goddamn foot again. But it's just the whole Republican way for years is, hey, keep them fat and stupid so they buy all the shit for our corporations and they don't become smart enough to realize that we don't give a fucking shit about that's the whole deal. Fox News does it for them. There's, I have like really good friends of mine that I've known since we got in a fight on the seventh grade B basketball team where he kneed uh, me in the nuts. That was his opening gambit, to knee me in the nuts. Yeah, we're still friends to this day, believe it or not. But uh, I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh and watch his TV show when I was in college. Whoever gets you first, man. But if you put out a good, pull them up by your Bruce straps, you don't want to get, you know, if you make a good argument to a, you know, someone who doesn't know anything, you're like, oh man, this makes so much sense. You know? Yeah. So I was all about it until I got to college, you know, kind of like my second semester of my sophomore year, I just kind of like learned a little things. I was like, uh, yeah, no, no. The government, it tries, 300 million people, they're not going to do it right. I'd rather my government give too much than not enough. And that's kind of informed me the rest of the way. So you're saying when you grew up, you were listening to Rush Limbaugh like in earnest, like agreeing with Rush Limbaugh? Yes. <laughs> my parents never told us who they voted for until later, but they both voted for John Anderson, the independent against Reagan and whoever. Yes. My, both of my parents voted for John Anderson. My mom wouldn't tell me because I think my dad promised to not, don't fucking tell the kids. They're going to be pissed that I didn't vote for Reagan because he won in the landslide. <laughs> and so. Think about the Anderson difference. The Anderson difference. It has become an ugly political tradition in this country to tell people only what they want to hear, to treat voters like children with sugar-coated explanations and fairy tale solutions. This kind of politics may have been acceptable in the 60s and 70s, but not today. Today we are a nation in trouble. Former President Gerald Ford once said of John Anderson, quote, he's the smartest guy in Congress, but he insists on voting his conscience instead of party, unquote. Don't we really need that independence, that intelligence, that conscience in a president? Don't we really need John Anderson now? With your help, he can win. No, but they were never overtly political either way. But my best friend and college roommate that I'd known forever, he was huge, you know, English major, read all these books. And so he was the informative. He was right-wing conservative and... So I was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, you know all this shit. I don't know. You know, but and then later we both kind of looked at each other and went, dude, no. Where is this? Is this Wimberley? No, no. League City. League City. It's like south of Houston, right by NASA and Clear Lake. My high school was created for astronauts kids. I was sitting at uh, the lunch table with NASA kids, not exactly the children of astronauts that died, but 
kids, they were family friends, and they all worked, and that's I was at the table. Some fucking stoner dude in eighth grade came to school late and went, hey man, the shuttle blew up. It was a huge deal. At the lunch table, there's eight of us at the lunch table, that's tightness, you know? Their family friends died in the Challenger, and it was like, you know, the whole community, it was a big deal. So yeah, when I went to college, we just would, all right, slip, yeah, it makes sense, you know? And then we just kind of, I'm studying, you know, I'm learning about other parts of the world. And finally, me and my uh, college roommate just kind of looked at each other and was like, I don't, I don't think this is right. It's like, me neither. <laughs> right, so that's a great point, Bill. I mean, not to say that anybody who has a conservative viewpoint is ignorant or not smart or doesn't know things about the world, because that's not true. But people that are only fed a diet of Rush Limbaugh, and that is where their information is coming from. That's what I was saying is that now it's all, like my buddy, Rack Me, uh, Shane Bordeaux, he's, uh, he's super successful now. He started a brewing company and he's, he's like, and he's probably a millionaire. He's the most successful one of our friends, but he just, he got tuned into that. And when you, it's hard to, racism is taught, you know? Kids don't know that shit until they hear their uncle saying the N word or their dad or, you know, or their friends. But if that's all you have, you don't know until you leave the, ne- the racist nest or the, you know, you I remember know. very clearly from my growing up, not about race, but about um, gay people. My grandfather was very outspoken about faggots and like, you don't want to be a fag. I was so hoping you were going to say, because my grandfather was really gay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, my grandfather... <laughs> was a homosexual dude you know how rare that was you know how rare it was for anybody's grandfather to be gay and everybody know it very i mean well i don't know if it was as rare but for you to know that your grandpa was gay no that's what i meant for people to know it yeah yeah maybe my grandpa was gay i don't know (laughs) yeah my grandfather he was just a he was just a racist did he use the n-word oh dude every year at christmas (laughs) every christmas would like here comes he would sit down after eating and be like, here comes the racist joke. And I would just sit there and watch football. And eventually later I would like, here it comes. I'm leaving the room. But this was years later. Dude, I mean, he was a honky tonk guitar player in Santa Fe and uh, the telephone road in South Houston, Pasadena. I mean, in the sixties and just living the life, you know? And my grandmother, my mother, Jackie Sue's mother, Granny Coy, our grandfather, Jake, died in a car wreck when my mom was two and left four boys and my mother and read a fucking, he's living the life, playing fucking honky-tonks, meets my granny and marries her with fucking five kids and goes and works at the fucking plant. Yeah, yeah. And I had, you know, I was like, why, why did you just like, and she she was pretty. <laughs> that, that was it. She's like, she was pretty. She was something else. What's going on behind that story? Your grandfather is a white man with five stepkids and a wife who gets a job at a plant, right? And buys a house, right? Built his house. Built it. That's badass. Yeah. Him and some buddies. That's right. So he was fucking badass but but he was also a racist yeah but yeah i mean 
I mean, at what point do you, like you say like, oh, you know, like women's lib and everything for sure. But you have these women who've grown up and want nothing more than to make a home and raise their children. And who are you to go, hey, you don't need this. You go out, go to college. Who are you to fucking say that? This is my life. I like what I like. I believe in this God. I'm not hurting anybody else. And this is what I know. And, but that's different. Racism is different than wanting to be a homemaker, not- Well, you just said the most important part of it. You said, I'm not hurting anybody else. So let me just finish the gay thing really quick. So I just hurt my grandpa. <laughs> You'll never finish it, Doug. never. <laughs> I heard my grandpa growing up, faggot this, faggot that, he's a fag. You know, I, it, it wasn't like overt, but it, I definitely just internalized that. I definitely did not get it from my mom or my dad. Yeah. And we were in the car on the way to high school one day, and somehow the topic of gay people came up. And I remember this so clearly. I just said what my grandpa always said. I was like, that's gross. That's just gross. I just, I'm not into it. It's so gross. And how can anybody do that around? And my friend was like, why do you think that? Like, what are you talking about? Why would you say that? And it was like this switch. It was like, it didn't connect in my brain. Like he challenged me and it didn't make sense why I said that. You know, I just said it because I didn't have a reason for saying it. I had just internalized it from my grandpa. Of course, when you're young and impressionable, you're like, oh, I was a twin brother. So immediately from birth, I'm vying for attention. And I hear, oh, this, oh, this gets attention. You know, my best friend in third, fourth, and fifth and sixth grade was Marcus Alexander and he was black. And I remember, I was staying the night at his house, but I remember sitting with Marcus Alexander and back then you would go, hey, you want to go with me? That's what you would say when you're in elementary to a girl, like, hey, you want to go with me? And then say, hey, we're going together. Yeah. And so this girl, I swear to God, her name was Wendy White. Yeah. 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 Her name was Wendy White and she was friends. And I was listening on the phone. This is the same night Marcus and I smoked oregano. We're like, ah, oh, dude, like your brother does, you know, let's smoke oregano. But, you know, we thought we were getting high, whatever. But uh, I was on the other line, and, he's, and he says to Wendy White, he's like, why don't, why don't you go with me? And she's like, I mean, he's like, do you like me? I was like, yeah, good. She's like, yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, I like you too. She says, well, why won't you go with me? And we're both looking at each other like, what's up? And she just says, well, look in the mirror. We're like, what? It's like, well, well, because you're black. Whoa. Yeah, we both just like, okay, bye, and hung up the phone and smoked some more oregano. Whoa. Yeah. Her name was Wendy White. I swear to fucking God. But she was telling us, she's like, I like you. You're really funny, but I can't. Wendy White. But yeah, she was like, yeah, I like you. I like you. Because we were asking the questions like, what's the deal? You know, I mean, and she just finally just said, I can't because you're black. And and, and not, she was like the nicest girl of all. Her mom was our second grade teacher, but that was just the deal. She just, she's like, I can't. And wh who, who knows where that's coming from? Yeah, right. Did that also make you think about your friend as black? That was the first time. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like fourth grade. 
We were, oh, this was like, like 10. This is 1982. You know, no, it wasn't even a thing. I don't remember having any thoughts about white identity or like white nationalism or white supremacy at all. White people don't think about race. Right. <laughs> That's the deal. White kids, they don't think about race because they don't have to until Wendy White says, look in the mirror. And even then, it's like, oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's a, that's an example of the privilege. Listen to this. Someone was tweeting this. Reminder, white privilege doesn't mean that you didn't work hard or had everything handed to you. It means that you've had the privilege of never being questioned, doubted, or accused because of your race or the color of your skin. Exactly. Yeah. No one's ever told me they didn't want to go with me because of the color of my skin. Yeah. What sticks with me is that we're literally, I think like his parents had one of the first cordless phones. So one is on the curly Q wire from the kitchen. Right. And, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had, we had the cordless and we're like face to face and like, I'm whispering things to say. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, come on, you say this, you know? And it, when she said that, we just, we just looked at each other like, what? Wow. What is, oh. Wow. Because she's like, look at yourself. She's like, look at yourself. It's like, what am i ugly he's like no 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 you're not not, you're not ugly he's like no but just look at your stuff and we're just like oh i don't get it we don't, we're like look at each other and when she just says that wendy white we just looked at each other and went all right later yeah so we just started talking about this because we started talking about what happened at the capitol on january 6th that's what got us to this yeah so it's about race it's always about race john in this country always we try to act like it's not, but it's it's always about race. I mean... All right, we talked about this earlier, that there is a stigma in society that if you're African-American, if you're Hispanic, if you're uh, Latino, if you're, if you're Asian, you cannot like this president. You've got to be a white guy from middle America. And you're telling me right now that sign says blacks for Trump. God bless USA. In 2011, we had these signs when he first said he was going to run at Boca Raton. So Trump has always been with black people, helped black people. I've seen him with Snoop Dogg and all of them, but now they don't like him. But the real man that loves black people is Trump. Biden doesn't like us, so I'm with Trump all the way. All right, everybody, you will not hear this out of leftist rally because they hate America, let's be frank, so. Let's do it, everybody. They call this a cult. They say this is just a cult of Trump loyalists. This is not. What I find cultish is their horrifying obsession with this man. What brings you out here today? President Trump. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts about him being the greatest president ever? What I find cultish is their horrifying obsession with this man. What are your thoughts about the direction our country's going in under Biden? Um, that's, uh, that's, that's a tough one because I really, I can't really foresee a better future. I just see it down. We need President Trump back. We're 
talking about a peaceful movement that's open to anybody. Anybody that wants to join this movement can. This is a movement of tolerance. This is a movement of love. A movement of patriotism. That a flag was still there. Trump loves us, and we love him. Trump doesn't hate anyone. There's no one he hates. Except liars and cheaters. Yes. Put it this way, today is real President's Day. I mean, this is real President's Day. We're not celebrating Joe Biden in the White House. We're celebrating the real president, President Trump. greatest president in history. That's what brought us out here. And he'll be, he will be back. No question. He will be back. Especially now that he overcame that impeachment, impeachment 2.0. Yeah. Well, you know, that was a joke. That was obviously a joke. That was a setup. They were in, they were in the Capitol. I was there. They were in the Capitol before we even got there. But they didn't know, Pelosi didn't know that special ops was infiltrated and got our laptops. That's what they were counting on. Presidente, where are you from? Nicaragua. Nicaragua. What brings you out here? Nicaragua for Trump. Well, it's a day, the president's day. We're celebrating that he's still our president. What I find cultish is their horrifying obsession with this man. Promises made, promises kept. They're out here to support uh, the greatest president of all time on President's Day. I just simply want to show the world that this movement, despite him not being in office, may not have been for the right reason, but despite him not even being in office, our movement isn't going to die, okay? And the reason we don't want it to is because this may be our last chance to show the left that we won't accept any movement that includes transnationalism, post-nationalism, any form of globalism. It can only be America first, and that's only what I'm hoping my kids, when I have one, will live through. How old are you? Fifteen. The next morning, when I woke up after the election, I, I felt like it was 9-11 all over again when Donald Trump was not declared the winner. I made a call last night and said, I would like to have a plane fly over to West Palm Beach today for President's Day. And then I paid for it last night, and it's going to say, Trump best president ever, save America. Incredible. Ultimately, everybody loves the president. They believe strongly in the movement. The movement is not going away at all, and the president is actually more powerful today than when he was in office. Thank you so much for getting that plane up in the air. We absolutely love it. The Democrat Party is the party of Israel haters and Jew haters, as President Trump declared. Uh, just wow. Wow. I couldn't find a parking spot. I had to drive like all the way down the street to find a parking spot. There's so many people here. What I find cultish is their horrifying obsession with this man. Greatest thing President Trump did is what? Gave us freedom. <laughs> Freed me from the tyranny. Yeah. He is my president. He'll be my president forever. 
What excites you so much about President Trump? Oh, I love him. That's what excites me. He, he's, I just, I don't know. I just love him. I, I just, just, I just love him. Free and the home of the everybody. God bless the United States of America and God bless President Donald Trump. Why do you love President Trump? What what brings you out here today? Um, it brings me out here today to show support for my president because I know in the past that like other people have been like treated differently because of the color on their skin and I don't think it's right. I think all lives matter because there's no such thing as like people not being being separated because of the color of their skin so i think all lives matter because i'm showing that my life matters so just everybody else is in the world man if she doesn't have a bunch of wisdom at that how old are you 10. 10 years old she's got more wisdom than a lot of people at these biden rallies i just got to say she's got more wisdom than that thank you so much high five on that god bless you what grade are you in by the way fifth grade fifth grade all right you look out you're going to be class president at your school i can just feel it fifth grader she's tons of wisdom